Welcome in. This is 300 Yards to Unknown. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Eric Patterson, EPAT. We are planning on talking about the player of the year, but breaking news, literally as we record right now, Bryson DeChambeau is 144 yards away in the middle of the fairway on 18. If he makes a birdie, he shoots a 59. Welcome, and do you think he's going to do it? So, yeah, before I got on here, I said, yeah, I think he's going to do it. He's got a, yeah, a, a pro shot coming. I, I think he gets it done. Um, and maybe, maybe he sprinkles a little bit more salt onto the, onto the, my idea and a few other people's idea that these playoffs are just not hard enough. It's the uh, only sport I think in the world where it, it looks like it might get easier when the postseason rolls around. Here we go. He has just made contact from the middle of the fairway. The ball is in the air and it's long, but he spins it back. This is going to be a really good shot. He might have a tap in. Oh my gosh. Okay. You so were much further ahead than me, but so he spun it back. Oh, he's giving it the clap. He's giving it the point. He loves it. He's got about, I don't know, four or five feet back up the hill to shoot a 59. Oh, that's, that's going in hundred percent. That goes in. I mean, this is, uh, this, he is knows Bryson. it too. He is. He's basically, he knows he's going to make this putt. Man. Oh man. Bryce lift clean in place. Did you yeah. see that tweet from this morning no. about, uh, I guess Mark Carnival or one of the commentators was on the grounds and he was explaining why they were doing lift clean in place. And in the background, you see the grounds crew watering the rough. Oh no. <laughs> it's, it kind of contradicts the, uh, you know, if the course is too wet, why are you putting water on it? But why are you are. dropping a bunch of water? My goodness. <laughs> okay. Bryson's going to have a look. We'll get to that in just a second. They are, they are tearing this place apart. What's the, is the winning score going to be 27 under? This is insane. Bryson's got a four footer to get to 17 under and there's two rounds left. And like, I mean, John Rom's three under through seven. Like he could easily be right up by Bryson by the end of the round too. So yeah, this is a, a mid twenties winning score. Didn't DJ get to something mid twenties at, at the Northern trust in Boston last year, but he won by like 11. He won by 11 though. Yeah. I thought he got to, <laughs> I think he got to 30 and I think Harris English was at 19. So that's, that sounds that's, right. That's an outlier, but yeah, this, this is with, with what Cantlay's doing with what Bryson's doing with what Rom could do with all the holes ahead of him. And the big thing, as you mentioned, ball in hand, anytime it is amazing. Anytime these guys can pick up their ball, clean it and put it back down. It is just a recipe for low scores. It really is. I, I saw Cantley was, uh, I guess we're just breaking down mid-tournament yeah, stats. He's <laughs> first in strokes gain T to green or putting and losing strokes T to green. Yeah. What the hell's going on here? He had his best single best putting round ever in round one uh, by a mile, by like two strokes. And yes, he is, he is defying the odds. I think I looked it up. I think only three or four times has a golfer won an event losing strokes T to green. So can't lay trying. I mean, obviously you can get better than that, but we'll see. Yeah, that's, that's, this is not six and five strokes, strokes gain in, in two rounds of putting. So, I mean, I saw you, maybe we don't like that stock market thing where you can short guys. Now that's incredible. Free plug. I've never used it. I wanted to come to Canada, but like shorting dudes is like, you need that in a stock market. So that's exciting. That's an exciting feature. Yes. I, you would just be shorting all the hot putters. That's just like, that's your, 
you're getting giddy over there thinking about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's literally, yeah. So it's called jock market. And yes, it is the the ability to short is not, it not only makes the market more liquid, but now it means basically you can buy or sell shares of golfers at any point. So like, yeah, when you see, hey, I want to target this guy in a matchup, uh, for the next round because he's putting outside of his brains. Like now you can actually just put your money where your mouth is short that guy and see if you can turn that. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I, I love a, it. It's brilliant. such a fun dynamic to it. Yeah. Before I only saw you guys just, you know, your pre-tournament shares, I guess you could probably do it mid tournament and then you just yeah. cash it at the end. But you know, predicting guys to do poorly is equally as challenging as I guess doing or shorting in a way is equally as challenging as someone who's going to pay off their, their investment. Yeah. And the, the idea of, you know, when, when you want to buy someone in the middle of an event, you need someone to kind of sell that to you. So this, this right. kind of makes the market much more liquid as they continue to grow the user base. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for it. Uh, I know it's been coming for like a couple of months and then finally it, it went live and I was, I was stoked. Yeah. Cause I'd be fading all of these guys who are, uh, losing strokes tee to green and gaining strokes putting like Patrick Cantley, although he's kind of he's kind of defying it through so far in round number two. He's just continuing. He's just going to do this for four days and just burn everybody. That's probably going to be the case. This, I mean, we need Rom to make a run, and then you could have a Bryson Cantley Rom showdown with maybe Sergio gets in the mix. I think that's that'll be a fun weekend. Uh, fun weekend, yeah. I mean, this is like the last real event. Next week's kind of a joke. We already know that. So uh, this is the. Kind of the, this is my you know finale, if you will. Next week's just way way too too much going on for me. You don't like the starting strokes? We've I, I think we talked about that last year. I'm, I, sure we did. I'm not a fan. I don't I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. I'm not as excited as I was maybe a couple of years ago for the playoffs or the, or the you know this this run to the FedEx Cup. I'm probably already looking forward to the Ryder Cup. Maybe that's why I'm my attention's already towards that but yeah it's it's doesn't have the juice for me anymore um i don't know it is what it is but bryson here if he shoots 59 that'll that'll heat heating things up shot link has it at six feet three inches it looks shorter than that but i will trust the lasers but it looks it looks to me like it's four or four and a half feet six feet three inches which is what on the pga tour he's probably 65 percent to make this maybe a little bit higher than that uphill it looks it looks like it goes a little left to right this is right up his wheelhouse doesn't break much this is in this is in i mean it's got to be like left edge he's still i'm mean, okay he's he's stepping in he's doing a couple of practice strokes right now live play-by-play -play on putter, a podcast his, that, that will come out in two days his putter is behind the ball goes back through he missed it topside. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I feel terrible. Uh, the 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 Bryson, uh, you know, as a, a non-supporter, I don't mind. He didn't even hit the cup. He didn't touch the cup. Oh, I actually, part of me is happy. I'm smiling inside. Sixties is a great round, but oh, yeah, it's a tough, I can't wait to hear what he says swallow. about that afterwards. He missed. That's his thing now. He doesn't talk to the media though. Oh, that's right. I bet you does yeah. today. You want to bet he yeah, does he probably will. He probably will. Not a lot of bad things you can say about that performance. Wow. He's going back. He's looking at it again. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, Bryson DeChambeau just shot a 60. Uh, incredible. Still 12 mystery. under. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. That's deep. It, it, it's That's so good. Yeah, he was, he was dialed in. Okay. Back to our regularly scheduled programming for today, which is the player of the year debate. Now. I, I strategically wanted to do this 
before the season was over, because it's, I think it's a lot easier at the end of the year where you look and you say, okay, here are the two, three, four finalists, whatever it is, let's compare their resumes. We can do that. But with two events to go and doing this before the BMW championship concludes, I think creates some interesting dynamics because if, if certain golfers win this week, it really changes their odds of becoming the player of the year. So I intentionally wanted to do this before the season was up. So I think we got to start with who are like yeah. who are the nominees here. I think okay. it's pretty obvious that Rom is probably number one nominee. So the 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 front runners, in my opinion, are Colin Morikawa and John Rom. Okay, I think they are the clear tier one of contenders. Colin Morikawa has two victories, one of them being the Open Championship, and one of them being the WGC. Right. So two big time wins. And then John Rahm, who, you know, statistically is uh, number one in strokes gain total. He is number one in on the money list. And he I I don't know how we're going to deal with the memorial. Epat, I I guess we give him credit for a win, but he doesn't actually get the win. I don't I don't know. But he's been he's been dominant this summer. And I do think there is a recency bias for guys who are playing well at the end of the year when they go to vote for this. Yeah, so those now the player of the year. This goes is it? It's the season though, right? So this it's goes all the super, way to September. Super season, baby. Let's go. Fifty. Okay, events. so if Bryson wins this week, I think he puts. I think he his name is now in the hat. And yes, I mean, maybe I'm misremembering who won. Who won last year? Who won the player of the year? Yeah. Oh, that would have been really good for me to look up. PJ because I think it's been recently, it's been like if you win the FedEx Cup, you kind of win the player of the year. Right. So last year, oh my gosh, Wikipedia is redirecting me. Last year, Justin Thomas won. Does that sound? No, Dustin Johnson won. Sorry. Justin Thomas won PGA player of the year. Dustin Johnson won PGA tour player of the year, which is what we're, what we're referring to. Right, right, right. And um, so DJ won FedEx cup, won the PGA tour player of the year. Yep. And I think it's been now back to back years where the PGA player of the year and the PGA tour player of the year have been different, which is like the first time in like since they started doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but the last, and then Rory won the year before in 2019 and Kepko won the PGA player of the year. So we do have this trend where the PGA Tour Player of the Year is whoever wins the FedEx Cup and the PGA Player of the Year, different thing, but they use a point system. It's someone else. So they're just, obviously the Tour is uh, is weighing kind of the money and, and the FedEx Cup a little heavier than other events. In regards to Morikawa and Rom, if either of them win the FedEx Cup, they're they're the Player of the Year. That I, That's that's 100%. Clear, right, because they're going to add... Um, not only another victory, another another PGA Tour victory, but it's going to be a big one. It's going to be, it's just, yeah. If, if whoever, if those one of those two wins the FedEx Cup, they're absolutely in. If they don't, that's what opens it up. But right now, if you had to choose between Colin Morikawa and John Rahm, who is your player of the year? I still think it's Rahm. Uh, I, I am going to give him a lot more credit for that memorial withdraw slash win. I think that was pretty clear that he was at least going to come, you know, second if something something terribly wrong would have had to happen, but the US Open, what else is Rom won? That's uh, it. That for for this season, it is only the US Open. Really? Which is shocking, right? 
Rick, you know, I, I take I I leave my golf writing job for two weeks, and I completely <laughs> misremember, uh, you know, what Rom has won and what he hasn't. But I, I thought for sure he's been winning more than that. But I guess you're right. He just he's just always there. So maybe that is a, a reason for it. But yeah, BMW Championship was his last win before the U.S. Open. So yeah, he leads the tour in top tens. He leads the tour in money. He leads the tour in strokes gained total. And and Morikawa is sixth in strokes gained, which I think is for me enough to say if it ended right now and we don't finish out the BMW championship, we don't play another round of golf. John Rahm is your player of the year, despite only one victory in a 50 event year. That's hard to do. Yeah. If, okay. So my, here's my hypothetical is Rom comes like top five here, comes second or third in the FedEx cup. I still think Morikawa would take it. I think you would too, because major championships generally uh, go very, very far uh, in in player of the year voting. But Morikawa has struggled a bit towards the end of the season here. He's been much uh, less consistent than John Rahm. But I, I do think that there's a case to be made because of the majors, which is I don't know if that's right or wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think the voting people like who's t- who's leading the money list other be- before it's Rahm. It's probably Rom. They, I know they always. Money is such a big thing for the people who vote on this, the players who vote on this. So, I mean, Rom and Morikawa. Rom and Morikawa are one and two. Rom's at this seven point four. Morikawa's at seven. It's a great. It's a great. I man, when you ask me, like, come on, talk about the player year. I was like, oh, we're just going to talk about how good Rom season's been all year. But then now that you talk about like Rom or Morikawa has a legit case. Yeah, but I, I still. Yeah, Rom's just making so much noise right now. Morikawa's at the bottom of the leaderboard. This is not helping his case, and that's I, that's how. I mean, Morikawa. Say Morikawa struggles. Where is he right now in the FedEx Cup? Like top one, two. Uh, yeah, last week reshuffled things, and he's going to drop to. I mean, he's playing. He's like almost in dead last the BMW Championship, so he's going to drop to I think nine projected or 10, ten something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then like he has a bad week next week. He could honestly his FedEx Cup finishing position could be like twenty fifth. Yeah, which I always—that's one of the other things that bothers me—is like you have a good season and then, and then you look back, you had one bad week at the Tour Championship, and your FedEx Cup standing says that you finished, you know, twenty twenty fifth, and and you had a worse season than Hudson Swafford, and it's just like I don't know if that's that's the case, but um, yeah, I so now part of me wants Bryson to win this week just to make that player of the race a, a three man race instead of just this two man. Okay. Yeah. So if we open this up, so, so that's what I think is so compelling because there are a ton of guys that if they win this week, they would not only get a second or third win, but they would probably move to almost certainly move to number one in the FedEx cup standings and give themselves a really good chance. Like there's, there's a really good chance that the guy, whoever it is, wins the BMW championship also wins the FedEx cup, the the FedEx cup because of the staggered start and all the, all of that. So there's a lot of guys that can make noise. Here are the golfers with two wins this year. Patrick Cantlay, who is in the mix at the BMW championship, Bryson DeChambeau, of course, leading as we speak. That might not be the case by the end of round two. Coke Rack, who has fallen off a cliff. Stuart Sink, same thing. Uh, that's it. Those are the those are the golfers with two. So there's a scenario, Epat. Cantley wins this week. Like what if he wins this week and finishes third in the FedEx Cup? Could Cantley be your player of the year? He could be. I think honestly, I think if, if for Bryson or Cantley. And I'm actually going to throw Justin Thomas into the mix too. They need to win the FedEx Cup to have a chance. 
JT's players is almost a little bit forgotten about at this point, but the tour does value that. Um, it would be a long shot just because he hasn't been as consistent, but he would definitely need to, I don't know, pull off a miracle this week, but or and definitely win the FedEx Cup. But yeah, it's uh, man, just, giving that just, Cantley win is an asterisk in my opinion. It still it still doesn't sit right, but yeah, that's true. That's the opposite end of it. Justin Thomas is third in the third on the money list right now. Uh, I also forgot Harris English. Harris English has two victories. He has the uh, Travelers and the Tournament of Champions. So when you talk, right. I mean, it's not. They're not great wins. Now, if he would have won when he coughed up that lead on Sunday oh, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, imagine if Harris English had three wins right now. I think three wins is like a guarantee, right? That's no one has three wins. If you're the only guy to get to three wins, does it matter what the three wins are? <laughs> Man, who did anyone clean up three wins? Of the like, uh, was Patton Kazire okay. ever a serious contender for the player of the, player of the year? Probably not. I don't, Probably not, but I mean, Stuart Sink won uh, what RBC Heritage, and he won Safeway. Those are yeah, not, not the greatest two wins you've ever seen. But if you no, won, I think I think it added, does matter. Okay, okay. Matters. So so if if Stuart Sink's season looked like a win at the RBC Heritage, a win at the Safeway, and then he had gotten one more at say he won the Travelers. That, that's nah, three still not, not still not better than Morikawa. Give me the major. Give me a WGC. Or, yeah, I still think that major just like counts as you know five wins in my opinion. It's such All a right. big, it's such a big deal. Sink is out. Jason Kokrak's out. Kokrak won. <laughs> what did Kokrak win? Shadow Creek and what was his? Uh, Colonial. Colonial. Okay, he's out. So don't worry about those guys with two. Bryson with two. English with two. Okay, so then you have guys with one with one win that seemingly need to win either the BMW championship or the FedEx cup, which I think you threw Justin Thomas into that mix, right? If JT wins, if he wins this week, but doesn't win the FedEx cup, could you argue JT is the player of the year? If JT, I don't think JT's winning this week. He's like okay. 11 back, but yeah, if he wins. I guess, but if he wins next week, okay. What if he wins next week and he has two wins and one's the FedEx cup? Yeah, that's. I think there's a case to be made there. I still think this will be the rare scenario, maybe where they just don't give the FedEx Cup winner the the, the player of the year honors. Um, Rory's getting into this conversation too. It's it's crazy. Like maybe we're reaching a straw. I don't think Rory's had a player of the year type season. So it's like he's right there. He's only you know he's six shots back. He could get to five, but um, you know a, a win at Wells Fargo if he wins his second FedEx Cup or yeah second FedEx Cup. So he would get his name into the third yeah yeah okay um he would get his name into the ring but i still these majors are such a difference maker i think it's a little cheap to um have your player of the year be the guy who won the bmw championship and then because there's so much value on that win the fed like if that's like it's it's a cheap way to do it right you're because basically the bmw championship is almost a and you could throw the northern trust into that as well it's like a feeder into the tour championship for the starting strokes and because the points are all jacked up i actually think these are less valuable wins because they're smaller fields and the tour is overcompensate for how valuable they are they're making them way more valuable than they actually are which to me when you're deciding on player of the year actually makes it less valuable Does that make yeah sense? no you make a good argument D, like dj DJ, what did he win last year? He won the Travelers, he won the Northern Trust, and then he won the he won the FedEx Cup. 
they count the FedEx Cup as a victory now, so or the Tour right. Championship as a victory. So they say he has three wins, but really he had one win, a playoff win, which was juiced up, like you just said, and then he won the. He didn't even win the Tour Championship. Shoffley did, but right. gave you know. So like again, again, last year was a bit of an odd season with not a lot of tournaments to pick from, and the year Rory won. Um, he had won a bunch of tournaments that year in 2019. He was playing pretty well. I know he had the Canadian Open, um, maybe a few others, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a definitely an interesting debate. I my so my order right now power ranking goes Rom, Morikawa. Right now, it's got to be Cantley Bryson. I think without knowing the end of this tournament. That's yes. So I think I agree with you, but if Cantley or Bryson win the BMW championship, they, okay. So how about this? If Cantley wins or Bryson wins this week, the BMW championship, if I ask you the same question on Monday, is that guy now the front runner to win the PGA tour player of the year? Because it would um, each be, it would be each of their third wins, which nobody would have. It would be a playoff victory. And then of course, They'd be the favorite to win the FedEx Cup. They'd be the favorite to win the FedEx Cup. Yeah, I think I'd have to give him that nod, that nod. Three wins and a front and a good shot at winning, you know, quote unquote number four at the Tour Championship. That's probably going to do it. I think that's how that the voting would shake out. Rom had a good year, but one one win, although it's a major, that's just not. It's actually not enough to usually win the Player of the Year. So. It's a, it's, a t- it's a tough one. It's, a, it's an interesting kind of jockeying for position here late in the season. The, the rookie of the year race is even, it, I'm not even sure there is a race. So from what I understand, the guys who would qualify, so I don't think Zalatoris qualifies for this conversation. I thought he did. Does he? I'm pretty sure he's a rookie, but I just don't think, I, mean, I don't know. It's a good question. I like. Do you have to have your full tour card to be considered a rookie? I don't. I think you can have conditional status to still be. I don't. He doesn't even have conditional status. He is, you know. So Rob yeah, Bolton, so who's on top of this stuff, right? He does. So he, I, I'm reading his rookie watch from a couple of days ago. He defines Rafael Campos as quote the only true 2020-2021 PGA Tour rookie on his list here. <laughs> I just don't see Campos hoisting, hoisting the trophy at the end of the year, throwing his names in with the likes of, you know, Sung J.M. and whoever else has won the rookie of the year. That doesn't quite sit well with me. So they might have to bend. Imagine they start bending the rules to award Zalatoris the title, but they couldn't bend him the rules to get him into the FedEx <laughs> Cup playoffs. All right. So here's how he defines it. So I think I think Zalatoris is good here by these by these metrics. A player's rookie season is defined as the season in which he becomes a PGA Tour member, which includes special temporary members and plays in 10 or more events as a member or finishes in the top 125 of the official World Cup World Cup. Oh, my gosh. Official FedEx Cup points list or qualifies as a top 125 non-member, whichever comes first. So by that definition, Will Zalatoris is your rookie of the year by a long shot. Run away. Yeah. Next year's, I'm I'm excited to get like a real rookie race next year where Zalatoris is out and, you know, you get the actual crop of guys coming up from the Corn Ferry Tour. I think that's, now we're like, as next season starts, we can officially, in, in PGA land, we can officially turn the page on like COVID which is a really nice thing because we're still kind of feeling the effects of, you know, the six major season and 
you know, it's uh, it's been a long grind since last September. Can't believe I, it's been a full year of tournaments that they've played for to, to you know to winding down here in next week. So, so we called this the super season, fifty events. Um, next year's forty eight. So every every year is now a super season, right? Is that what we're going with? 48, 48 events next year. Yeah, I saw the schedule. I think they rejigged it a little bit, but yeah, they just there's no chance these guys take weeks off. It's bananas. Forty eight, and they start they fired up at the not at the Safeway anymore. It's called something else, but at, at Napa. Fortinet, Fortinet Championship. Oh yeah, the Fortnite, the Fortnite, Fortnite. Championship. So they, we get one. I think it's one week off, which is Ryder Cup week. And then there, there is the five. This is much appreciated for me. The five weeks off from whatever the last event is, Mayakoba or something in the fall until Maui for the Tournament of Champions. But because of those five weeks, there's all the alternate field events, you know, for the majors and stuff. So that's how they make it back up to get us to to get us to 48 events. Man, it's nonstop. That's maybe maybe why I bailed on the content world. It's just such a <laughs> Kudos to you. You can keep pumping it out every week. But yeah, the, the grind the, that never ends. That is the PGA Tour season. It's uh yeah, you're not allowed to sleep. It you'll miss a you'll miss a week. How's your new job going? It's fun, man. It's uh behind the scenes of you know how right now how sports books operate, how how lines move, how odds are you know created. Um learning learning so much. There's a lot that goes into like uh who's betting on games and how they're betting on games and tracking how people bet and, uh, you know, trying to figure out their tendencies. It's like a game of cat. It's like a big game of cat and mouse. And, um, you know, I'm on, I'm on the other side of it now. So it's, are you the cat or are you the mouse? Uh, it depends who, I guess whoever's winning the most money is probably what the cat. Yeah. I guess cat, the cat wins that, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how are odds, how are odds created? Like well, right whatever. now, it's not probably as complicated as you might think. There are some books out there that uh, have been doing this for you know decades that uh, are probably the sharpest in the game. So um, right now, for, for the score, uh, we currently don't control our own odds. So we use a third-party provider. That's a lot of how... That's a lot. That's how a lot of sports books who are trying to get up and running quickly do it. They'll, they'll pay someone to come in and kind of monitor and, and you know, set them initially and then, and then you know, go from there. Now... We are moving towards having our own in-house sports book and, and trading platform. So that's exciting. And that's why I, I kind of jumped ship, right? As as I did, because it is, uh, you know, that's kind of where we're going. And and actually, today's the first day you can legally bet uh, single event sports in Canada. So huge, huge day for us. Uh, the score will be coming in late 2020 to tw- late 2021, hopefully. So we'll get there soon. Canada, uh, Arizona's coming on board in a couple of weeks. Things are, things are it's everywhere. Happening. Um, what do you, okay. So what moves lines? I assume volume, but also I assume a sharp person making a wager on something. Is that, am I on the right track here? Uh, yes and no. Um, there's, yeah, there's definitely sharper customers out there that come in with some big monies and it depends it depends if you want to, you know, if you move the line based on that, you could be susceptible to a sharp guy on the other side who comes in on a better number. So you have to be careful. Sometimes you just got to swallow it and be like, you know, we're going to take we're going to take that action right now at, at the market price. And if he wins, he wins. If he loses, good on us. So it's a little bit, you know, you got to be willing to gamble uh, a little bit as well. So um, it's it's definitely uh, yeah, it's it's definitely fun learning what goes into it. It's 
<laughs> the golf lines are crazy. I, I mean, I monitor the golf board pretty frequently. Um, you know, you think there's, I, I, I was actually using your site there to, to, to check odds, to create odds, to see if our odds are in line. So nice. kudos to you. Thank you very much. Um, I'll, I'll send you a uh, consulting fee. I'll send you. All yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Out loud. <laughs> no, but it's um, it's it's interesting to see. You know, as someone who has been doing it, you know, been, I've been making the clicks on the other side. It's interesting yeah. to be on the uh, on the inside now, seeing how people. I'm like, I'll see bets come in. I'll be like, ooh, I don't know what numbers you're looking at to make that bet. But a lot of people just chase value. So if they see. You know, one book has a guy at minus 120, another book has him at minus 105. They'll just go hammer the minus 105, take that value and, and move on. They don't really care about the outcome. And that's um, that's how a lot of these kind of big sharks make their bets. It's they don't really look at who's playing or what, you know, what's going on. They'll just they see line value and bet it, which is it's nuts. But I guess, uh, you know, if you're playing for that much money for an extended period of time, it's eventually going to be profitable. Right. If you're doing it every day for enough money. Right. yeah you think i man i don't want to disclose some of the numbers but i see some bets come in i'm like i thought i used to sweat keegan bradley's putts there's some people out there who are probably sweating these putts way more than you are it is yeah it's staggering yeah i see it sometimes we get privy to like the 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 handle stuff and like the big bets that come in on on some of these books and i'm like who who is spending a thousand dollars on a like 55 to one shot like I like I, that's great, but like wh- why? 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 I know. I know. <laughs> well, they someone probably had a forty-five out there, and so uh, like a thirty on someone, and they just yeah, that's that's the name of the game. It's um, it's exciting, but like sports betting, you know it better than anyone. It's it's taking over pretty much. It's everywhere now. It's so widely accepted that it's it's going to be like the future of broadcast in-game at arenas. It's like it's everywhere. You're not going to be able to avoid it. But even being someone, obviously, I enjoy it, and obviously, I want to see more of it. But like, it it makes sense, right? The idea that for what, whether you like it or not, a lot of people watch sporting events uh, either because they have action on it or they want something to root for. And if it's two teams that are they're not interested in, uh, there's a very easy way to have a rooting interest. And it's called putting $10 on it, right? That's all people, people put $10 because they want to have a side to root for. So making it easy, like I, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I don't think there's a whole, a whole bunch of catering to, the sharpest people in the world, but just seeing the odds and seeing it update and having people understand what that means. Like it, it makes sense. It's, I think, yeah, I think it adds such a, this is like a general sports conversation, but like it adds like a layer of what is going on in the game to the general sports viewer. They might see a score. Like, I mean, I was tracking like F1 racing with my wife. We just started watching that. And like, there's, you'll see the guy winning the race, but like, he's not the face he's like one of the third or fourth underdogs to w- actually end up winning the race. And like that happens all the time in, in football, basketball, like the, just because the team's leading, like on the scoreboard, it says one thing, the odds might not, they might right. be saying something else. So it just, it adds a layer of like, uh, you know, intrigue or it, it, it tells a better story. I think you could say than just watching the scoreboard and golf. We know that in golf, like a guy could be, you know, five, uh, have a few shot lead, but uh, he's, he might not hold on until the, you know, till Sunday. So clock in golf that you can just run out uh when no, things exactly. are going your way unfortunately ask ask the 1454 hole leaders in a row who have been unable to close it out. is that what it is 
or it's P, uh, Phil Mickelson. The PGA Championship was the last one. Wow. I've been the on guy, the bad side the of a few of them recently. Have, the guy who should not have closed it out is the last one who's closed it out. Yeah. I, yeah. That, uh, that Harris English one was tough to swallow. The Henley one was tough to swallow. Back-to-back weeks. That was tough. Where's, who is there was another one before that yeah it's truthfully yeah this this summer's kind of ripped by i haven't been fully locked into the to golf but that that harris english one stung too because he was it was like a bunch of like little paper cuts and just slow bleed it was and you it saw it painful. coming the whole time you saw yeah. it, it's like it's here it comes slow-mo car wreck right now that was the wgc right answer won it no yeah. um i think it was wait is that answers win oh you know yeah, what? yeah st jude st jude Oh, sorry. Like I, keep, the, I keep forgetting that's a WGC now. That's what threw me off. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy we've seen you know answer win recently. Fina win recently. I know one's coming for Fleetwood soon. It has to come for Fleetwood soon. So who's next? Who's the guy who needs it? Like, I mean, Scheffler is he the best guy without a win? Fleetwood. Yeah, I, I was talking this when I played golf with Jeff. We were talking about this. Like, it's unfair to throw. I, in my opinion, it's under, unfair to throw Scheffler in that mix right now. Give him another year, sure, he's, but like he's young. Yeah. What is he? Two years on tour now, so it's and and one of them we lost ninety one days of. Earlier, yeah, and so. he's been there in majors. He's yeah, Scheffler's definitely the next guy up, but like there's not a lot of pressure on him right now to come through with a victory. But I think that's definitely going to be coming soon. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Fleetwood might be the next guy, but he doesn't have his. He doesn't have a tour card anymore, so he might be uh, have to go win some of those. You know. Omega Masters to get his confidence back up. <laughs> All righty, Pat. Well, geez, we did a, a live watch of Bryson uh, going for 59. We talked about the player of the year. We did a little sports book. I think we covered the gamut today, brother. I'm, I'm quite the catch up today. after uh, two months of, of not chatting. But yeah, I thank know, you for having me. I thought you forgotten about there, uh, forgotten about me for a little bit. I was like, okay, Rick, that's fine. I'm in a new role. Um, <laughs> You know, Rick just wants a fresh face, a different voice. That's, that's okay with me, but I'm happy. I'm happy no. to have received that text message. No, I knew you were. I knew you were moving. And I knew you had a lot going on, and I just kind of said, "All right, I'll circle back with. I'll circle back with Epat soon." And then somebody asked me on a live chat the other day. They're like, "When's Epat coming on?" And I was like, "You know what? I owe Epat an apology because, like, I gotta, I gotta reach out to him." And that was my see. burner account. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, all right, brother. Well, much appreciated. You can follow Eric on Twitter at epatgolf. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been 300 yards to unknown, and we'll catch you next time.